I uh, feel like this morning that you are in, uh, this, is, this is a mixture of teaching and, and prophecy, that as a church, you are, are transforming. And uh, God is always going to be transforming us, actually. Uh, it is His process individually and as a church. But for a church to transform, the individuals need to keep transforming. And I've found that if everybody keeps moving at a pace, it's not going to be a pace that's too fast for you, but it can't be a pace that's too slow for you either. It's a pace that God initiates, and He did for all of the Israelites when they traveled through the wilderness with a pillar of fire in front of them. It, it determined a, a level of walking that we move in unity. And, and sometimes that can be difficult, especially if you're impatient like me, when people will not kind of move at your pace. And uh, I don't know, when I was a kid, we did those three-legged races. Remember them? And, and it's a weird feeling, isn't it, when you had to get, the, you tie your legs together and they've got them, actually we had about a 12-legged race. We'd all, and and I, none of these people would stay in time with me. <laughs> and, and I ended up dragging some people along on the ground. If you're not going to run with me, I'll just drag you along. But it's, it's a challenge to accommodate for other people's pace in your life. And sometimes it takes extra motivation to keep up with the fast guys. And sometimes it takes patience to walk with the slower guys. And that's what part of unity is. It's dying to our own agenda and letting others move with us. So that's in church life. But right from the beginning, God wanted to create you in His image. Genesis 1, 26 to 28, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So that is like mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. God's image and likeness. I mean, Adam was a super being, clothed in light, magnificent, walking with God every day in the cool of the evening, could speak to mountains and move them, could, could, could command all kinds of things just out of his mouth. Him and his wife, Eve, unbelievably magnificent super beings on the earth, in the image of God. But then they did something that blew them out of the presence of God and they lost everything. Down to 10% of our brain, apparently. I don't know how science answers that. Because they're telling us, on the one hand, we evolve by adaption. Why would we adapt 90% of a brain that we don't ever use? It seems a little weird to me. It sounds like we've gone the other way. And so God, and we did, and God is transforming us back to original glory. That is, that is His process. So 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18 says, But we all will unmasked face or unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. There's, there's a move of God in this and there's a principle. A bunch of principles, actually. It, it, but we all. Okay, so it's saying like all of us in the room have this possibility of, of in worship, of in our circumstances, with unmasked face. Taking the masks off is, is important because the longer we pretend to be someone we're not, we're stunting the growth of the real person we are meant to be. 
And, and that prodigal son, he began his return to the father in Luke chapter 15. The point of return was when he came to himself. And it's a hard thing to do, especially if people have mocked you or laughed at you or, and you, you never really quite are comfortable being you because you think I'm not enough. I, you know, I, I look at, you look at the Instagram feed, the Facebook of other people, you think, ah, how can I ever measure up? But you're magnificent as you are. So when I was, when I was a, a new Christian, uh, I, f- I found, a, had a really, really awkward experience. I was list- at a conference and I was listening to a guy called Campbell McAlpine. And he was a Scottish preacher. And, and, he, and he talked with a very th- thick uh, Scottish accent. And a, and a, and, but his teaching was incredible. I was like, this guy's God. He's, he's like next to God. He's amazing. And so... After, in between the conference sessions, Chris was with me. We went back to our room to pray. Chris said a prayer. And then I went, oh, God, I just pray that. That's an awkward moment. I'm praying in Scottish. I've been so affected by this guy that now I'm picking up his personality because I'm so lost, I don't know who I am. And I've rejected Phil Pringle all my life. And I was 19 years of age. This is a few years ago. But it was a very early on experience for me so that I could connect with God in an unmasked ma- manner. I mean, so then I kind of second-guessed myself. I thought, well, and looked at Chris, oh, that's weird, right? And, and then I had another experience where somebody just gave me a drop of encouragement. He was my friend. He was a best friend. But it wasn't like in those days we talked in, in any kind of encouraging manner to each other, more like mocking or putting each other down. But he said, you know, Phil, you're, you're a great guy. And it, just that tiny drop of appreciation, of valuing, actually gave me the courage to say, I wonder who Phil Pringle is. And, uh, and it was like the Lord was putting me in through therapy. He said, say your name to yourself. So I said, I'm Phil Pringle. And instantly, I got all these flashes of when I was the unmasked Phil Pringle as a kid, running along the beach, splashing in the sand, showing off my little airplane that I've made, standing in a photo, and this flash, 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 flash. And I thought, and once I'd sort of been through that exercise, I was smiling. I thought, you know what? I like that guy. And I learned that day to be unmasked with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. I think you got to start with you, and you're okay. You're good. You're, you know, you're made in, in the image of... So why would you despise someone he loves? Why would you reject somebody he's accepting? Why would you be trying to be someone else, thinking that they've got it all together, but you as you are is going to be uniquely. Listen to me. No one else has lived your life. No one else is ever going to live your life. And somebody else needs to know your story in this world because of what you've been through. It may only be one person. Some people say, how am I going to cut through all the noise on social media? Why are you even trying? 
there may be only 10 people that you're going to reach there, but how powerful would that be if one of them's Billy Graham? How powerful would that be if, it's, if, if just, just the people that God has called your story to assist, to help somebody else? And that's, that's the amazing thing about being and accepting your unique self. So I was an artist, so I started painting. I see one up the back there. And, and I was nervous about it because I'd never heard of a preacher who paints. Oh, maybe you're not meant to. But I thought, no, it's in my heart. I want to paint. And I've led literally thousands of people to Christ through painting on a stage. And, I, and then you go, well, should a leader of a movement be painting on a stage? I think, well, that's me. That's who I am. And if you've got a problem with it, I guess it's your problem, not mine. Because I'm just bouncing around this earth being yours truly. I've accepted him. If you don't want him, that's fine. There's a bunch of people who don't, you know, they don't like you because you're following Jesus. And you don't want to take it personally because if you weren't following Jesus, they could care less about you. If you weren't building the church, they could care less about you. But with unmasked face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. What do you, what do you see when, you know, I'm not trying to be funny. What do you see when you look in a mirror? You see yourself. So this is saying, when you look in the mirror and you see yourself, see the glory of God. Don't look at, don't, don't look in that mirror and go, oh, look at you, you idiot, you dumb, stupid person. Do not do that. You are transforming into the image you look at. And so this is saying with unveiled, unmasked face, beholding as in a mirror, see in that mirror, see the glory of God. Say, good morning, glory of God. You see, self-acceptance is not narcissistic. It's not loving yourself in the wrong way. It's like, mm, oh, you beautiful thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about saying, I'm okay with me. I enjoy being me. I'm never going to be anybody else. So why would I try to live in somebody else's body and be them? This is it. Thank you, Jesus. And so as I'm in that place, I look in the mirror, I behold the glory of God. I say, that's the glory of God I'm looking at. And then he says, you will transform. That word is metamorphosis. It's a dramatic transformation. That's the same word they use for bug into caterpillar into butterfly. And, And the fact is that you will be unrecognizable in your transformed state to what you were before. If any person is in Christ, Scripture says, they are a new creation. Old has passed away. Everything is made new. Jesus said in John 3, 3, you must be born again. That means another birth. It means a fresh beginning. And that new person is pretty well unrecognizable. When I was born again at age 19... And I went back to my hometown. They were all, they hated the fact that I was different. And I try to remind you of, oh, we remember you. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And oh, yeah. And you, well, who do you think you are now? People hate it when you take a step forward, when you rise a level. They will want to drag you back, but you've got to be tough enough to say, oh, this is who I am now. Yeah, but you know, you haven't always been really, yeah, we knew you when you, that's okay, I've changed. 
and it's a, a supernatural power that has actually transformed me. But let me say this. The moving of the Spirit in your life is not magical. It's process-oriented, but it's not magical. It's not like you can come up on an altar call, we pray for you, bam, you fall over and you get up and you're 50 kilos lighter. <laughs> yeah, ain't gonna happen. Whoa, a miracle happened. I mean, we could hold altar calls hoping for that. I'll be up. You know, but, but the deal is, it, it's not. It doesn't work like that. God respects your free will and will engage you in the process of a miracle as well. So, so you pray for a tree, He gives you seeds. I mean, I go down to Bunnings, right? And you, you, buy, the, you buy the, you think, I, I want to I have a tree. So you see a packet and it's got a tree on it. You go home, you open it up, there's no tree in there. You think, I've been ripped off. But there is a tree in each of those seeds. So if I can get involved, I get involved in the miracle myself by planning it, providing conditions for the miracle to happen. I pray for a pot. God gives me clay. And as a pastor, that is a very real situation that I would preach to leaders about. You're looking for a youth leader all around the place, but the clay's right in front of you. And be a disciple maker, get involved in people's lives that are moldable, and you'll find that you can create the glory of God. I'm being transformed, metamorphosis, into the same image from glory to glory. Be patient with the change. It doesn't all happen at once. You are in a process, and I can guarantee you that you're a little better than you were last year in some areas. Now, this transformation, it's not just by the Holy Spirit in worship. It's sometimes by the devil in the wilderness. You know, when you are fighting tooth and nail and you think this is never going to end, yes, it is. Keep fighting. It'll just fade away one day. All that turmoil and harassment in your mind, all the torment in your heart, you think I'm never going to make it through. Yes, you will. Keep fighting. Stay the course. Keep walking. And then just one day you think, wow, I'm out of this. But you'll be changed. You'll have... You'll have iron in your spirit because you fought back and you resisted the devil. As you keep walking into the battles and keep walking through them, you grow. If you're in marriage difficulties and you think it's all her fault or you think it's all his fault, maybe you come through that and you keep walking, you find out, well, maybe it's a little bit about both of our fault. Maybe it's a little bit more of my fault than his fault or her fault. You start to become aware more self-aware rather than just gaslighting the whole world around you. Actually, after five marriages, there is a common denominator. <laughs> and maybe it would be good to just figure out I need a transformation here. I don't know about you, but there's, there's areas that I would like to be transformed in. I, you know, when I was younger, I, I was reasonably good at, at a few things, but Money management, I needed transformation. Uh, in, in, in all sorts of areas of wisdom, when you, you know, when you say things or you do things that are just stupid and people tell you and you wish, why wasn't I smarter, right? 
I want transformation in these areas. Well, I have found that as I, as I stay in the, the basic practices of what God has called me to, church life, Bible life, prayer life, there is an imperceptible change happening every day. Just incrementally, little by little by little, and suddenly one day you go back to a situation that you were in maybe five years ago, and you think, whoa, I've changed. I am different now to what I was back then. One of the biggest things is confidence. People feel like they've, they've got so little courage and confidence and boldness in life. They're nervous about all kinds of things. But you know, even down there in Melbourne, God is bringing confidence to bear. Amen. He's touching people's lives. So we're going to be transformed into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. God is going to change us as we yield to Him, as we open our heart to Him and worship. But the biggest transformation takes place, just like I said before, when we are born again. When you and I make a decision to have Jesus come into our lives, we're going to find ourselves born again, born of the Holy Spirit, born of the power of God. So if you here today have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, I would love you to do that in the next couple minutes. If you've never said, Jesus, come into my life, whether you're in Melbourne or here on the Sunshine Coast, today I want you to do that. You might have been away from God. I want you to come back today. I want you to return to the Lord. He's going to come into your life, transform you. Just like this. Or maybe, you know, there's, there's a lot of us who, in, in Christendom, who go to church, but we're not, we're not completely sure if we're going to heaven. And I'd like you to make sure here today. So in a couple of moments, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you have never asked Jesus to come into your life, if you've never been born again, or if you've been away from Christ and you're coming back, or if you just want to make sure. So can I ask you all to close your eyes here this morning? And if that's you, you're going to ask Jesus to come into your life, you're coming back to God, or you just want to make sure you're following Christ, you're going to heaven. Wherever you are in this meeting here this morning, would you put your hand up, please? Just raise it high and say, that's me. I want Jesus to come into my life. Thank you. Who else is there? Would you raise? Thank you. Thank you. Who else is there? Can you raise your hand? Raise it high. Say, that's me. I want Jesus in my life. Thanks. Who else is there? Thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. If there's one more person, I just wait for you right now that Christ will come into your life. In, in Melbourne, there, just raise your hand and say, that's me. Thanks. I see you down the back. Yeah, thank you. Amen. Okay, so we're going to say a prayer right now, both here and in Melbourne. And say this prayer, especially if you raise your hand. Can you say these words to God after me? Dear God in heaven, I ask Jesus Christ to come into my life. I ask to be born again. Cleanse me from all sin. Make me your child. Help me follow you. Thank you, God, for saving me. Amen.
Amen. Now, there's going to be people there in Melbourne who are going to look after you if you've just prayed that prayer. And we're going to break off the connection right now with Melbourne so that you guys are there on your own. And we're back here just on the Sunshine Coast. 